Welcome, everybody, to episode 73 of Eat, Drink, Write, and Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. We're going to talk about character motivation today, which we've kind of done some episodes on different motivations, but this will be the first one where we're actually going into depth about what character motivation is. Right, right. But first, how was your week? Oh, it's been pretty good. Um, Still working on getting data for that paper. So that's really what's going on with work. So I'm under a time crunch and and that's really um, a little bit stressful. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we went to the pool. Me and my girlfriend went to the pool for the first time of the season. um, Nice. And that was lovely. I got a wicked sunburn. So (gasps) we, yeah, it's actually already better today. I went yesterday and it's already way better today. So Yay, blood, my my blood or whatever. Yeah, you got that American Indian, the Native American, whatever it is, Cherokee. Uh-huh. That's it. Uh-huh. Cherokee uh-huh. blood in you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your dad worked outside today. He's helping Jordan, daughter number three, create an area outside where we used to have our above ground pool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She sent me a picture of like what she was wanting to do with it. So it's going to be really cool. It's going to have a fire pit in the middle of it. And she's doing the gravel and all that kind of stuff. But he was helping her out there today and he got sunburned. But like you, tomorrow it'll be a beautiful tan. Yep. Yep. That is not how my skin goes. I am (laughs) very, very pale. So, and Jordan is as well. So she's burned and she's not going to turn into a beautiful tan. Oh, yikes. That's my week. uh, I was up in Virginia again. Yep. I think we podcasted from up there. I think we did. Yeah. Last time, um, because my mom, your Nana had fallen and broken her arm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to do a lot of work and everything up there. They just are kind of helpless right now. I mean, yeah. what can you do with one arm? Right. You know, and a broken tailbone, which that at least is much better. Poor Nana's all beat up. She is all beat up. She looks all beat up. Her yeah. face is black and blue. And then she looked a lot better though while y'all were up there. <sighs> she is better. And then her uh, grandpa is very weak. Yeah. And so, like, he couldn't even open his own Gatorade that he was mm. trying to. I mean, and she can't open it because she's only got one arm. Right. So Aunt Debbie is going up there tomorrow. Good. Good. When good. The day this comes out, she'll be up there. Yeah. Um, so that'll help. And then I, I have a feeling for a while because uh, Nana went to the orthopedic doctor and there is no mending at all going on yet. For her arm? Yeah. No mm-hmm. knitting at all showing on the x-ray. So it's going to be a long haul. Yeah. So I imagine I'm going to have to go up there again for another week at some point. Yeah. Um, but we've got vacation coming up. We do. Which yes. will be nice. So we'll podcast from up there. Same place we went last year and podcasted from up in the mountains. Up in the mountains. So I'm very excited about that. I'm looking forward to that that podcast episode. Me too. That's going to be awesome. Uh, so that's coming up. Um, what are you eating and drinking? Uh, so I've already eaten because we're recording a late. bit late. It's, mm-hmm. it's like 7 p.m. Uh, so I... My wonderful girlfriend went and got me uh, Zaxby's for lunch today. Oh, um, nice. And I had some leftovers from that. So I ate that for dinner. And then also some leftover sushi from Friday. Oh, Which nice. is somewhat questionable, you know, leftover sushi <laughs> from a few days ago. But, well, you know, whatever. So, uh, but yeah, so that, and then I'm drinking uh, chocolate milk because, you know, I'm a kid at heart. So That sounds lovely. Yes. 
I went out to dinner because Jordan is over here at working on our outside. We mm-hmm. treated her and her husband. He came over to see what work she accomplished today while he was at work. And uh, we took him out to a sushi place. So nice. sushi as well. And I had two mm. Cosmopolitans. Oh, which is wonderful, but I don't have the stuff here at home to make a cosmopolitan. So right now I'm drinking a tangerine La Croix. Oh, well, those are pretty good. That's not they a bad are, sub. They are pretty good. Yeah. The uh, restaurant's air conditioning was broken. Oh, yikes. So it was a little it, hot. Way too hot. Too Way, way too hot. So mm-hmm. this La Croix is nice and icy and cold. So good. Kind of hitting the spot. Absolutely. All right. So I've got some jokes. Oh, of course. Yes. I don't know how I forget every time that you have (laughs) jokes, but I do. So, well, one of our patrons, Deanna seems to say that they're, they're okay. So, well, okay. I'll I'll, I'll keep doing it until she's like, please stop. Good, 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 good. (laughs) So because this week is about motivation, they're motivational uh, jokes. So a motivational speaker gave blood. What was his blood type? What is it? Be positive. Oh, I should have guessed that. (laughs) I'm too sleepy today. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Good one. (laughs) Why is James Bond a terrible motivation speaker? Why? Because the audiences are shaken, not stirred. (laughs) (laughs) What did Microsoft employees say to Bill Gates after his motivational speech? What? Word. I like that one. (laughs) Okay. So motivation. Yeah. What what is character motivation? Tell me about it. Character motivation is the reason behind a character's behaviors and actions, either in a given scene. Well, actually throughout the whole book. I mean, that's why your character acts the way they act. Right. It's basically their needs, wants, and dreams. And it could be external needs, like relating to survival. Yeah. Oh, so like, uh, you know, like Katniss needing to hunt to feed her family, yeah. like that kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. And they also might be internal needs, like psychological or existential needs, such as love or professional achievement. Oh, so, I mean, other side of the coin, Katniss volunteering as tribute for her sister? Probably so. That was the love of her sister, the need to protect her family. It was, I think, an ultimate motivation for her throughout the entire book. I think so, too. Yeah. Actually, throughout the entire series, really. The entire series, yeah. Yeah. Um, Motivation is at the heart of character development, which we've done episodes about character development. So go check those out. It's like my favorite thing in the world. I love character development. I love creating my characters. Me too. Um, They're real people in my head. I just love it. It is not the same thing as a goal, you know, which is confusing because you often think of goals as being motivation. That's why you're doing something to reach this goal. Right. A a goal is something that a character wants to achieve. It is a conscious objective, like getting rich or winning the world cup or, you know, whatever Harry Potter's different things was that he wanted. Wow. That was not proper grammar. Um, You're a writer. It's fine. uh, Break rules. (laughs) There you go. Well, I smashed that one. Uh, Motivation is the underlying reason why a person has that goal. Mm, Like the fear of being financially insecure makes them have the goal of becoming rich. 
So like, would you say it's more like the motivation is more emotional based maybe, or is it, or more like abstract rather than like a, um, like I want to win this to get rich, you know, it's more like the reason behind that, I guess. It is the reason behind that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the need to prove themselves as someone exceptional would be lead to the goal of winning the world cup. Right. Right. Um, so motivation is why, and the goal is the direction to get there. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. That's a really good way of you summing that up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have to understand our characters' motivations to write believable, compelling characters. Yeah. Which we've said, I mean, a billion times throughout mm-hmm. this entire podcast, I think that realistic characters are super important. Mm-hmm. Why have character motivations? Um, your character's motivations are what create an emotional bond between them and your reader. Yeah. Which like, I guess in my opinion is probably the most important thing as you're writing a story. Cause like, you know, if your reader doesn't care for the main character, then you're definitely like, I mean, if yeah, you're screwed. Uh, yeah. Sorry. My brain is not working tonight, uh, but they won't <laughs> care for the story if they don't care for the character. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, the better you create and render your character's motivations, the more believable, memorable, and compelling your story is going to be. So motivation makes it easier for your reader to get inside your character's head. Absolutely. I also think, you know, motivation sets up for character development, not development, not in terms of like creating your character itself, but uh, in terms of how your character changes over the course of a story or series. Cause I yeah. think motivations can change. I agree. Um, and I think they probably should change, but they don't have to like, you know, this, the series 24. Oh takes yeah. Place in one day. And so the motivations aren't necessarily going to change in that one day, but you know, a great character arc right. does accompany change and motivation changes are a part of that. Right. Yeah, definitely. So there are types of needs Uh, Apparently, the psychologist Abraham Maslow um, believed that certain intrinsic needs had to be met before anyone could could be satisfied and motivated to meet the next need on the list. So, like, is this the psychology, but the pyramid? Yes, the pyramid. Yes. Yeah. So, the first human need. So, he had these list of universal human needs. And the first one are the physical needs, food, water, sleep, shelter, clothing. Oh, so like the, like the really basic, like that makes me think of, um, mercy, you know, like when she's kidnapped and silence fallen, I believe, Mm -hmm. uh, and she's taken to Prague. And so she escapes her captors, but she escapes in coyote form. So she doesn't have clothes and she doesn't have, you know, shelter. She doesn't have, so that's like the first thing that's on her mind is Mm -hmm. I've got to get somewhere to find clothes and supplies and shelter and like that kind of stuff. Definitely. That's a perfect example. Safety, which is actually what she had to escape first to, you know, get out of that. Um, Once the physical needs are met, security becomes important personal, financial, emotional, and physical. Right. So I guess like the first thing that comes to mind when I think about this is like, if you have super dangerous creatures in the world that you've created, then I think a constant motivation is going to be, I have to find a safe place to sleep or rest or whatever. Yeah. You know, that makes me think um, there was a series that didn't last very long where it was a sci-fi series 
where they earth was dying and people were, you know, there was a lack of resources and they discovered this wormhole Mm -hmm. to another earth that was in the dinosaur times of our world. Oh. And so they're like, we're going to send people to this other world and we're going to do it right this time. We're not going to ruin this, this world, but safety was, a number one priority because there were dinosaurs there that wanted to come eat them. Right. Yeah. They had to create a shelter that was protected from the different dinosaurs and that kind of thing. It was a really cool um, series. I was awesome. I'm sorry that it got canceled, but Oh yeah. um, All the shows I like get canceled. Always classic. So after physical and the safety then comes social. Once you have, your physical needs are met, your safety is not in question, then you develop this longing for love and acceptance, um, which can be satisfied by family, friends, intimate relationships. Um, So that's the next step, um, this psychologist said. After that, when that's met, then you start to turn inward onto self-esteem. You want to be valued by those around you. You want to be personally valued. You want to be professionally valued. And then the last one he said was self-actualization. Once our basic needs are met and we're comfortable psychologically, we we desire to fulfill the purpose for which we were created. We can go on to more spiritual. Right. Like you can pursue your passions. Correct. Kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. And and I, I think, I think that was very clever what he said of course he's a famous psychologist so I guess well there is that he was clever too I agree though too I think that's a really good uh system to look at as you are creating a character and thinking about their motivations and you know do they have all of those needs met and like which ones do they have met and which ones do they not um and that would give you a pretty good idea of you know what your character's motivation might be. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a great way to look at your character while you're developing the, the doing that character development. Yeah. Um, there are internal needs and there are external needs like internal would be fear, greed, revenge, love, honor, recognition, freedom. Nice. Yeah. External would be money laws or order, I guess, competition, praise. Um, also external would be physical dangers like the hurricane movies that your dad likes, oh, the yeah. earthquake movies. Um, right. Those needs goes back up to the safety that right. we talked about. Yeah, exactly. Just like, you know, listening to that list that you had of both internal and external needs, do you think characters probably could have more than one motivation? Definitely. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you think it's necessary? Do you think it's better to have more than one? Do you think, I mean, don't you? Absolutely. So I think to make a realistic character, yes, I think they should have. Now there might be one that is an of overriding importance to them at that time that everything else kind of falls to the side because this one is first and foremost. Right. But I still think that they're going to have other motivations in in their mind that do you drive think them. 
Do you think a character can have conflicting motivations? I think so. And I think that would be an excellent way to make your character realistic. Right. And I guess it would give them a lot of the inner conflict and conflict that we've talked about in previous Mm -hmm. episodes would would be to have these different motivations and these different reasons for doing the things that they do. And that would keep your reader turning the page to pages to figure out, you know, what are they going to do about this? What what are they going to choose? Which motivation, you know, is going to be the most important? You know, kind of goes right. back to I think we talked about Spider-Man having the choice of, you know, do I save this busload of people or do I save my girlfriend? Right, right. You know, there's reasons that he's motivated for both of those that yeah honorable person he wants the greater good but he loves his girlfriend right so you know which motivation wins and I think that's a really yeah sorry that's a really good example Um, yeah I agree also I have one more question for you um that I was thinking about do you think a character can have too many motivations i think probably so. I think they might become debilitated if they have so many motivations that they don't know what to pursue first. At some point, you would have to have your character have that come to Jesus moment where they they have to put aside, okay, this goal is, this motivation, not goal, is right, right. not going to be for me right now. I have right. to concentrate on this other one. Because otherwise, your story is not going to move forward. It's going to flounder. Um, I agree. I think it's important to stick to, you know, a limited number of motivations just to keep the story clear. Um, I think it would be easy to fog up the story. I think so, too. And you might could have them lurking in the background to pick back up again in a later book in the series. Right. Because as urban fantasy writers, we always often do series. Um, and so that, that motivation that the reader then would know about that has to then take a second chair, so to speak, can come out in book four down the road. Right. Right. You know, that's a really good point. I just wanted to ambush you with questions because you like to do that to me. (laughs) That's true. I do. I do do that. Um, now we talked about trauma We did an episode on childhood trauma, Mm -hmm. so go listen to that, Um, and how it results in different motivations for your characters. And I think we probably need to do, uh, there are unlimited motivations that we could do episodes on. Oh, Um, I agree. Yeah. Childhood trauma was just the first one we happened to pick. And it, we talked about how that trauma can motivate the character, it, it could make a hero. Yeah. Because they yeah. don't want whatever that trauma was to ever happen to anyone else. It could yeah. also make a villain because right. they were so traumatized that, you know, they are broken. Right. Um right. so, you know, this actually brings up whether your character might know their own motivations. A person might not. Yeah. You know, it may just be a result of something that happened in their past and they react in certain ways without even knowing why they're doing that. Like consciously, I guess. Like a person who grew up poor Mm -hmm. might grow up to be a very materialistic person, but they might not view themselves that way. They might not realize, Oh, Hey, I'm a materialistic person. They just want nice things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they feel like they deserve nice things. They might not question their motivation as to, 
why they might not be psychoanalytic and go, oh, yes, this is because right. I didn't have shoes growing up or, you know, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it would be weird if a character, you know, that you, you're always going to have people who are psychoanalytics and think about why they are the way that they are and have a lot of introspection, but there are a lot of people who also don't do that. That's right. Um, so I think it's really important to showcase both. And also these people, their motivations might not be rational. No, yeah. I I have an irrational fear of enclosed spaces. You know this. I am a claustrophobic <laughs> person. Unless you're drunk. Unless Sorry. I'm drunk. This is true. <laughs> we put that to the test, didn't we? We did. Um, I, I know it's not rational. I know that that fear is not rational. As it's happening, I'm like, this is stupid, but I can't right. help it. Right. So my actions are to avoid being in tight, enclosed areas. Right. And I that is how my actions are um, changed by that motivation of mine where I am that fear that I have. Right. Yeah. Um, so how do you craft your character's motivations? Right. So first your reader doesn't necessarily have to know. They don't have to be told explicitly what the motivation is. That's true. I honestly, you know, I don't, I don't think they should be told explicitly what the mm-hmm. motivation is necessarily, you know, at least not outright and straightforward, explicit words. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the writer should absolutely know yes. explicitly what the uh, motivation is. Yes. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, one way to get your character's motivations out without just, you know, bl- blurting it onto the, the, I can hear your kitty cat. I know he's being very needy. <laughs> He's on the floor and just meowing up at me. So, <laughs> oh, precious. Um, one way to get motivations out there without um, being obvious is to use it through backstory. This is a great way to get motivation out there. I think we, absolutely we did an episode on back. Did we do an episode on backstory? I think we might have that, or it was just included in. Um, I don't know. We'll have to look. You know, I'm we gotta write got that down because do that. That would be a really good episode if we haven't done one already. If we haven't done one already, because I know, um, you know, we've got 73 episodes of this at, at this point. And we do. It's hard to keep track of them all. So um, it is. Yeah, we'll have to look, but it would be a good episode if we haven't. And if we have, then go listen to it. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> um, plot twists. You can plant clues that reveal strengths and weaknesses, which is a great way to show your character reacting to my, my, your, your my, video did just go out, but I can hear you. My camera went out. What happened? It is. It did. Um, I don't know. I've had that happen before. Okay. We're back. Aggressive. <laughs> we are. We are having technical difficulties, um, but we're back. So I was talking about plot twists where you can plant clues that reveal the strengths and weaknesses of your character. Um that will, you know, the right. way they react to the, those twists will give our reader an insight as to their motivations. Oh, um, I see. Okay. I was thinking like, uh, you know, was it um, a surprising turn in motivation itself or, you know, I see what you're saying though. I mean, but that, that could be too plot twists that, that could be a plot twist where they have to change their character motivation due to other circumstances. So right, right. that, that could be too. Um, rocks, which we always talk about throwing at our characters, the way that 
the way that your character reacts to those roadblocks that we throw at them is a nice way to help your uh, reader understand their motivations. Yeah. Um, your character motivation drives the action in your story. And it, I feel like it always should, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like motivation needs to be what drives the plot. Your character drives the plot, mm-hmm. um, not anything else. Yeah. Knowing your character's motivation helps you write because you understand what it is the character wants and why. Absolutely. Um, a character's motivation or what they want will dictate how they react to a stimulus within a scene. And I've got this scene that I found on artofnarrative.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to read it. So the character is Jane. The character's backstory, Jane recently finished grad school. She has a master's degree in museum studies. Her dream is to become a curator at a modern art museum. However, Jane has found that demand for museum curators is low, even in the best of economic times. After searching for months with no luck, she applied to a small art gallery. This job would be the perfect entry to her career. She hasn't heard back in weeks, though, and she's feeling anxious. With money running out, Jane is worried that she may have to give up on her dream. This means taking a standard office job to make ends meet. Right. So her motivation is that she wants slash needs a job at this local art gallery. Okay. The stimulus is Jane is in the shower when she hears her phone ringing in the other room. Knowing Jane's backstory and motivation, how should she react to this stimulus? Yeah. So the action is Jane leaps out of the shower, almost tripping over the toilet bowl on her way out. She grabs a towel off the rack as she runs to the bedroom, not bothering to turn off the water. She sprints into the room, her feet wet, uh, her wet feet sliding on the hardwood floor. She falls to the ground, reaching for the phone off the nightstand as she goes down. Jane answers just before the voicemail picks up and manages a pained hello. <laughs> That's fantastic. You you said that was from artofnarrative.com? Yes. That's really cool. That's a great way to break down the character motivation and the action that comes from a character motivation. That's really neat. Yeah. I thought that was a great way to explain what, what we're talking about. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely really cool. And I feel like uh, I could definitely apply that to any scene that I have in my book. Mm -hmm. It's like, if I have my character, you know, performing an action, it might be useful to go back and see, well, what is the motivation behind this action? And do I need it in my story? I think so. I think so. Very cool. And then, of course, showing, not telling. We did an episode right. on this for sure. I remember doing this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, give your character mo- more than one motivation. Make them complex. Which yeah, is- so that's what I was asking earlier, right, right? Yes. And don't forget about your character arc, which you were talking about as well. Mm-hmm. As the character changes, so might their motivations. Oh, right, right. Once that fear is satisfied, what's the next motiv- motivation to come? right. Use your writing journal to track your character. I I think, you know, of course we did an episode on writing journals, but I believe this is the perfect way to use your your, um, writing journal. You can do flow charts for character arc as well as for the motivations. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, well, I talk about using uh, my writing journal all the time. You know, I use it for, you know, writing scenes out and like all that kind of stuff, but I also love it for, 
um, making the flow charts that you mentioned as to why my characters are doing what they do. And I draw arrows to like, oh, this is why this happened. And it's related to this character and this arc and like all that kind of stuff. Definitely. I think it's invaluable. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, define your list of characters' core values, which is another thing you can put into your your writer's journal. What are their core values? Um, you know, think about where those values came from and explore this. Yeah, I think that could be pretty relevant to backstory. So if we haven't done an episode, we absolutely should. And if we have, then again, go listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then those thesaurus books. Remember, we've talked about these many times. The Angela Ackerman and Becca Puglisi yeah. have written a whole series of books that everybody should go out and buy. Um, the Emotional Wound Thesaurus delves into those psychological traumas that might lead to motivations. There's there right. is all kinds of stuff in those books. You should go check those out. Absolutely. Um, mistakes that people make when trying to come up with character motivations or or not coming up with character motivations. Yeah. Don't forget the villain. Yeah, that's super important. Yeah. He should have as motivations as well and be just as complex as the hero. Absolutely. Uh, we we did an episode on villains and they aren't they generally aren't, you know, quote, just evil. They're just mm-hmm. bad guys. They yeah. have motivations. And in fact, they often don't even consider themselves to be evil. Right. They're just trying to do whatever they want, whatever they need to do to satisfy their motivations. Right. And it may be that their motivation might even be something good, like the greater mm-hmm. good. Right. The, the villain may just be willing to go about doing things that the typical hero wouldn't do to get there. Right. Yeah. Um, side characters. They also yep. need their own motivations. Yep. Why are they helping the villain or the hero or whoever they're helping? Absolutely. Um, every character in your book is a real person. So treat their development as such. Yeah. Um, make sure you give every character an adequate motivator, including the antagonist, the supporting cast, show those motivations and the way the character behaves, makes choices, and don't be afraid to have multiple complex evolving motivations, which is what we talk Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned it already, but, and, and we, you know, we've talked about it a billion times before, but all of your characters should be re- feel real. And I think part of that is having their own motivations and, you know, those motivations of theirs need to lead to their actions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whether their action of, oh, the best friend backstabbed the main character and you need that for your character to feel betrayal, their motivation for the betrayal needs to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I was trying to think of, you know, examples in the fantasy world that we write in and right. Mercy Thompson is one that came up in Patricia Briggs, um, Mercy yeah. Thompson series. Um, Mercy is an extremely complex character. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of motivations. Um, some of them, one of them was that she felt abandoned as a child. Right. Um, her mom couldn't handle her shape shifting and turned her over to the werewolves because she didn't know what else to do. But right. that left Mercy feeling unwanted and feeling the need to be needed. Yeah. Um, she was always the outsider. And yep. so that is also leads to her motivations. And then one of my favorite characters ever is Severus Snape from Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. And she did an excellent job of 
showing his character develop throughout the entire series. And once we learn his backstory, we understand his motivations. And so although he comes across as crass and um, mean half the time, yeah, uh, more than half the time, we realize that part of this is a self-protection mechanism from what happened in his past and that he is an actual honorable character and that his love for Harry's mother is behind everything. That's sad. I don't think he had to be such a dick, you know? Yeah, I agree. He still, but like, you know, he had he, good motivations, but, like, he was still a dick. Well, he was playing a very dangerous game by trying to stay on the side of, uh, you know, have Voldemort's ear and trust. And so he kind of had to be a dick so that everybody seeing that would say, oh, yeah, he really hates Harry. And he, you know, eh. I, I I thought it was very well done. Uh, I mean, it's not poorly done. I didn't say that, but I don't, you know, I think there were a lot of things that he did as a character that were unnecessary. You know, he's a complex character. That's, that's the point. I don't think he's an all around good guy. You know, he's, he had good intentions, but he was not a good person. Yeah. And he had a lot of different motivations. Right. You know, definitely a lot of motivations. Yeah. So that's all I've got. I think that's a fairly good description of the background of character motivations and what to think about when you're trying to write those. Absolutely. Well, I have an interview question for you. Okay. Is it easy for you specifically to decide your character's motivations? Hmm. I don't know that I've ever really thought about it. It, You know, my characters come to me and talk to me. I don't really create them. They've created themselves. Not even necessarily just main characters, but even, you know, a side character that you decide to toss in, you know, is it easy for you to come up with their motivations as well? Do you give them as much thought as you do your main characters? I think I do. And I like, I like character development and which in in a big part, (coughs) excuse me, is finding out and delving into what their motivations are. I enjoy that. Right, right. Yeah, no, same. I don't think I've ever really uh, put conscious effort into devising uh, character motivations. I think I think about it a lot more on my rewrite um, because, you know, as I'm doing something, I'm like, well, would my character actually do this? Mm-hmm. Uh, does it make sense for this scene to have happened based on the emotions that my character is going through? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, you know, because if... Aiden needs money and she decides to ignore the fact that she needs money, you know, that doesn't quite make sense. Right. Uh, You know, she should be going after money if she needs it to survive, to get food and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think about it more on the rewrite in terms of like, can I make this plot line cleaner and make more sense? Um, Is probably how I go about doing it. And that is a lot harder, I think for me. Yeah. 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 So, um, well, neat. I also have a sentence challenge for anybody who wants to participate with those. Um, So just write a scene or a page. I pretty much limit myself to a page when I do my sentence challenges and just use the sentence somewhere within your scene. Um, So today's is something tells me you have an ulterior motive. That's a good one. I like Mm -hmm. that one. Thank you. So thank you all for listening. Um, Thank you, especially to Jen and Deanna, our patrons. Uh, We really appreciate you. Um, 
anybody else that wants to help support us can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash edw. We would love your support. Absolutely. Um, Deanna did mention that she really enjoyed one of our patron only goodies that we put up. Taylor did um, a PowerPoint. Yeah, PowerPoint timeline, the way that I create my timelines for my books to help me keep on track with um, time passage in my novels. And Deanna said that she really liked it. So if if you all want to get access to that kind of thing, then come support us. Uh, You can find just about anything at our. podcast eat drink right podcast.com our email is there links to our social media so come check that out um let us know what topics you all want us to talk about and absolutely gladly do that give us any kind of um thoughts about what we have talked about if you have a different way of looking at something we would love to hear it and we'll pass it on and i guess we will see you next week yeah thanks for listening guys